0: Welcome to Message Received. In this Coffee Break episode, Tim chats to Sandra Mayer, co-founder and partner of Growth Bay. They both deep dive into why creative and system thinking is effective, discussing how content is key, and how leadership is important to grow business and your personal self.
1: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to Message Received. I'm really pleased to be in conversation today with Sandra Meyer from Growth Bay. But I think Sandro and I have a lot in common. We are very interested in content, depth of content. We're very interested in systems, how systems work together, and then leadership. So lots to talk about, Sandro. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be on. So let's start with the highlight reel, the Sandro highlight reel. What are the interesting things we need to know about you to locate you on the map? In Switzerland, we have an apprenticeship
0: model. So I actually did an apprenticeship because I was like, yeah, but dude, I don't even know what to study. And so I started quite late, studied international management. I actually did it because a lot of it was was about culture. And, and I got to go away for a year um, and study somewhere else. And during that time, I was going to New York. And all of a sudden, I heard for the first time stuff about startups and like, oh, that's pretty cool starting something from nothing. You know, a curious person like I am, that sounds amazing. And so when I came back to Zurich and sought out startup ecosystems coming from a corporate like Apple, this seemed to be much more exciting all of a sudden. Forwarding a few years, I became CMO at, at 26 at a startup that was half here in Zurich and half in New York. So I got to go back. And that's where my first failure comes in. We had a huge Kickstarter campaign. It failed. I mean, we were like, oh, we need to make 10 million to make the business work and stuff like that. And it didn't work. We got like 150K, which was okay, but it was not the goal. And when I reflected back, I was like, I had no systems, I had no processes, I had no focus. I didn't really know if marketing was for me, whether I was to be successful in this kind of line of work, uh, because I don't think of myself as like a very structured person per se, I'm more of a creative person. I started reading up on like, okay, what are our systems actually? From there, I applied for a job at a, another startup here um, in Switzerland, built a marketing team there. And I was very lucky that it was a very smart team with a knack for simplicity, business systems, relentless focus. And so it fit perfectly into my, my narrative of what I wanted my job to be and learned from the CEO at the time. I would say 10 years after I built the marketing and sales team at the startup with the system, I generated, peak, it was like 500 leads a month, um, but it was systemized. What I remember Reto, the CEO, telling me was basically a little machine that you left behind. It works. It still works. And you can just plug in other people, so to speak. The creative part is more at the beginning, what you put
1: inside the machine. Now I have my own agency, Growth Bay as you mentioned. Yeah, lots of very interesting themes there. I don't know where to start. What's in my mind is the relationship between creativity and systems. And I think the kind of false view that they are contradictory to each other. And yet every creative person that I've ever met, every artist, every dancer, every writer has a system. The way that they're able to be successful is that they follow the system. And that you know you're not relying on raw inspiration you're applying with discipline your system and it is going to produce great work over time because you've tweaked it the right way tell us more about this relationship between creativity and systems thinking the central part about this
0: is like what are we optimizing for and i mean if we're optimizing for having as much creative freedom as possible that needs room and what systems do is they systematize the non-creative stuff so that you have more room for the creative. And I think that was a major insight for me at some point because if you leave life all to just creativity, it's pretty chaotic. It gets pretty chaotic and entropy sets in and you don't get to do all the creative stuff oftentimes because you also need to pay the bills. And you also need to, unless you're a full-time artist, think about like, okay, so where is the order in my life coming from? Because if you're in the business world, you need that in order to succeed. For me, it was really about this principle of discipline actually creates the freedom that you need in order to be creative. Everything is a system. Everything is interconnected in the world. Looking at the world and everything that you do as a system helps because then you understand what the parts are of that system and what you like about that system. What you don't like about that system what you can change what you can automate what
1: you can eliminate and so forth a system for you does that include your schedule is your agenda a system is the flow of work that you do in the week or the sequence of work that you do in the week like if you boiled it right down for us like when you say system for yourself what do you mean an ideal system has goals has a certain order inputs its outputs
0: has boundaries is set in a specific context so i'll give you an example. One system that I've set up for myself in my agenda, Mondays and Tuesdays, I have no meetings. I have no contact with other human beings unless it's specifically for a certain project.
1: And how do you communicate that to your clients? Pretty
0: much like that. I say like to me to do good work, I need one, two days out of the week where I sit down and think the stuff through that you want me to do or even my own project. I'm pretty open, and we have set down certain principles for our business that just make everything else down the line easier.
1: Why Monday, Tuesday?
0: Why not Thursday, Friday? I like to start the week with stuff that excites me and stuff where I kind of had the weekend to marinate it in my mind and then can get to work on Monday, Tuesday.
1: So this system, the purpose of it is to give your mind, give your brain an optimal condition coming Monday morning? Is it something like that? What are you optimizing with the Monday, Tuesday? So the goal of the system of
0: my weekly agenda is to optimize my energy levels because I just found at some point that the bottleneck is your energy and what you do when. But that's what kind of led me on, on to this journey. And then the order is like pretty straightforward Monday to Sunday. And to me, so let me quickly lay it out. Monday, Tuesday is for creative work. Obviously, whenever I have a among the week, two, three hours at once, I I do that as well. And then Wednesday is for kind of specific client work where I need to talk to collaborators. Thursday is client meetings. Friday is content writing only, nothing else. And then Saturday is what I call planned spontaneity. So no schedule whatsoever ever on a Saturday. And then Sundays wild wildcard, whatever, usually going on a trip or, or taking walks and then do a weekly review in the evening. So that's the whole system. And the inputs in that specific scenario are everything people want from you and what you want from yourself. And the output is the work that you need to create. And the boundaries are really like the principles, as I just mentioned, for example, boundaries, I don't want to work past 7pm. That would be a boundary, right? The context is my general work and life, which I don't like work-life balance much. To me, it's one life, and I try to design it to my best possible knowledge. And it's also iterating. I mean, everything I I just mentioned is iterating. I mean, the system that I just mentioned is maybe in
1: place for a couple of years now, but it might change. It's not set in stone. So let's say someone's listening who says, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a creative person. I work in the marketing department of a multinational company. How do we translate what you've told us into broader applications for marketers for people who want to get out there with their message all that you need to think about if you think about how you can optimize your system is what are your constraints
0: and yeah maybe your constraint is you can only take one hour out of each day for creative work but are you taking that hour and how can you take that hour more often i can give you an example in terms of specific marketing right so for example the podcast That we do, it's called the Gross Leadership Show, and it's next to the newsletter, kind of another content venture that's going on. What I found in the beginning is I need to do everything myself for a little while so that I understand what the pieces are. This is what I mean by designing a system, right? It's like looking at all the parts and all the processes inside that you currently already do and think about, could you delegate something? Could you eliminate a step? What's really necessary?
1: What I find particularly interesting about your approach, and maybe it's like your meta system, is you seem very focused on starting from the ground up and acquiring true knowledge for yourself uh, through doing. And uh, I'm going to read a quote that these are your words. Now I am of the school that knowledge has no inherent value. And you go on in that blog to basically say, look, if you're just taking a nice sounding quote from the Internet and then putting it at the beginning of your presentation to make it seem like a cool presentation and you don't really know, not only have you not read the original source, but you haven't in a way lived the original source. It's, it's just cool sounding stuff that you don't know in substance. Can you tie this to content marketing for us? Because I Mm -hmm. think skeptics of it feel like it's just ideas made by the pound almost, or like, let's churn out content by the word. What's your philosophy of content marketing?
0: I have basically two approaches. One approach is customer research. You do interviews with, ideally you can do it with prospects, current customers, people who didn't choose you. What you will find is people love to talk about their problems and also their wins. First of all, it gives you a really good intuition for the customer, for the potential customer and what their day looks like and what their challenges and wins look like. What are their goals? And then when you actually go down and qualitatively analyze the transcripts that you made or like the notes, if you didn't record it, you realize there are patterns. You get an empathy for the customer. You start getting interested as well because you're actually solving a problem. And then the second approach, and that's one that is more like mostly thought around what thought leadership is, is as a company, specifically your goal with content in that lane is to build trust and to tell the narrative and your point of view of why does your product or service exist and what's your reason for being in this industry. These are, to me, two approaches to content marketing that are very helpful. In one, you are solving a specific problem to for a customer. And in the second, you are actually explaining your point of view, your unique point of view, your perspective on the industry to the people that are interested in such things.
1: I could call what you're doing education. I could call it journalism. I could call it research. I could call it community building. I know you've got these, these lovely four C's of a modern brand, community content curation collaboration. And I feel like maybe you're applying all four of those in the stories that you've just told. So how satisfied are you with our current ability to talk about content marketing?
0: Well, it's an issue because what happened in marketing in general is performance marketing came onto the stage, which means, okay, you now you need to measure everything. This is not how it works. You cannot measure a referral and you cannot measure how you influence people with your ideas. And so like to me, usually when I still talk about content marketing, just because that's what people understand because I need to speak in the language that they understand. In, in a lot of sense, I don't like the word content that much.
1: The content marketing guy who doesn't like the word content. Tell me more.
0: What you're trying to do with content really is educating or entertaining. That's in the end what people come for. Sometimes it's pure information, but usually it's one of those two. And especially in B2B, it's oftentimes education. And so what your goal should be is trust I often say, like, what you're selling as a business is not a product. You're selling a perspective. What is my perspective on the problem you're trying to solve, and why do you need to solve it this way? The business is created by selling a perspective to people that they can rally behind, and and that's what to me, content marketing really is. It's it's educating the customers around the problems they have, possible solutions. And not always talking about yourself, but about the industry and, and, and where it's going.
1: So if you saw the world the way we see the world, you would see our product or our service as something essential that you want in your life.
0: And that's why it's so important to have certain pillars
1: and principles down
0: for your content so that you're not all over the place. What are you about? Talk about
1: that. And I think this is a nice transition to the last topic I wanted to Mm -hmm. cover, which is around leadership. You mentioned thought leadership earlier. You have a blog that you call the Growth Leadership Blog. And what you've just described essentially is someone with a vision, a point of view, trying to educate others so that they share the perspective so deeply that they choose to act and in a sense follow. So this seems to be in your DNA, this, this sense of of leadership. Tell us more about that. Why is leadership such an important theme in your work? To me, it's not only about leading other people.
0: It's also <laughs> a little bit about leading yourself. I mean, as I outlined in the story in the beginning, I was leading a marketing team relatively early and I was not prepared for it. And so I kind of want to teach upcoming leaders what it is about when you're just starting. One of them is just, okay, there's going to be some pain, but then what you need to do is you need to reflect on what went wrong. And then that means progress. Pain plus reflection equals progress. To me, leadership really means, are you inspiring people because you have a unique perspective and a unique point of view that you can rally people behind? Are you also doing the thing that you're seeing you're doing?
1: It's all about really believing in what you're selling. And then it's also about how do you get people to go through the process required to bring that product or service to market it, Am I getting you?
0: Yeah, totally. I think always it's not black and white because you might have a vision of the thing that you are trying to do, but you're not there yet. And it's maybe not perfect yet, but you have a genuine interest in and and the genuine desire for the outcome that you're trying to achieve and i think that's just what both you for yourself but also for
1: the people that you're leading they feel that it's very interesting and i guess that it's also being able to live up to that over time and reevaluate: do i still believe in the thing that i am selling
0: absolutely i mean Everybody knows that it takes time to get to a vision, to to get to a vision. I mean, that's why it's a vision and that's why it's inspiring and that's why you can rally people behind an interesting cause. I can give you another example. Like from us, it's, we are constantly talking about like, look, we don't do campaigns to customers. We don't do campaigns. We don't do one-off campaigns. What we're doing is we're setting up the infrastructure first and then we're setting up processes and systems and then we can do the interesting stuff. That's a boring pitch, but we believe in it and we are living it. But we feel that if we are very clear about what we believe in, you also attract the right people, attract the right customers, the right employees, the right partners, because, you know, you just
1: told them what you're about and now they know what they sign up for. right? So we come full circle to growth. And uh, mm-hmm. I know we're we're out of time, I, I need to wrap this up. So our, our podcast is called Message Received and we like to end each episode just by asking that question. So if, what's the one message you hope people take away from, from our discussion? Think about what kind of inclination you have generally. Are you
0: very orderly person, very structured person, or are you more of a chaotic, creative person? And then try to either Loosen up the systems that you already have created for yourself. If you're very structured, that gives you freedom. Or on the other hand, if you are very creative and chaotic, introduce some systems, look at what you're already doing that's maybe not so productive, and that will give you freedom there.
1: Ah, it's a great message. And no matter where you are on that spectrum, everyone, I hope you uh, can take that away and, and implement it. So, Sandro, thanks again for joining us on Message Received. And Looking forward to uh, your next blog post on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Tim.
0: Thank you for listening to Message Received. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please watch out for the next one in the
1: series, The Future of Work with Mitch Glick.